Hey, we're Ramones of the Day, and this is Have You Ever Seen the Rain? What do they vote? Welcome to Ramones of the Day, the podcast examining every single Ramones song. Alphabetically, from 53rd to the word zero, I am Philip. And I'm Molly. And with us as a guest today are words I can't believe I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, we have CJ Ramone. Yay! On the show! Yay! Thanks, guys. Hi. Thank you. We've already said thank you about a zillion times, but thank you so much. All right. All right. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, the song we're discussing today with CJ Ramon on the show mm-hmm. uh, is Have You Ever Seen the Rain? Uh, this is from 1993's Acid Eaters. It is a cover, as is everything on Acid Eaters. Uh, it's from CCR, so it's written by John Fogarty. Okay. Uh, I gave this a song category. It is of political. It is largely considered a political song, um, given the... I, I, not, everyone's nodding. So okay, yeah, I'm with you. Motion, so far, so good. Motion carries. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna fight it. Um. So my first question to you, uh, CJ, is: Did you get to pick any songs for this album? So I. Uh, that's my song that I picked. Oh, <laughs> awesome! Choice, guys. Um. Uh. Yeah. So growing up, I'm. I was lucky enough to have a dad who was really, really into music and everything. From I listened to everything from the, um, from the early uh, country and western stuff. I'm not real, real early, but uh, Johnny Cash, Hank Williams, Patsy Cline, like everything from from around that era, all the way up to the um, the classic rock bands from the '60s and the '70s. So I really grew up with a lot of cool stuff. But CCR was always one of the bands that I I kind of gravitated to early on. Um, you know, of course, having heard it being so young, I didn't get the political context and all of that stuff. So, and 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 honestly, um, I'm kind of uh, I, when it comes to music, I'm not very political. But the um, but that song is just such a great song. The me- the simplicity of it and the and the really uh, nice melody to it reminds me a lot of stuff that I got into later on, which would be the Ramones. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> I, I just that song in particular from CCR really really loved it. Thought it would fit great on the record. Um, I had also submitted a Tom Waits song. Oh God. Uh, which did not make that record, but made the the final. Oh, record. really? Ew! Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, I don't want to grow up. I think it's the. Is it? I think it's the last song on the first. No, song. right, first song. Because "Born to Die in Berlin" maybe is the last one. It is. But um, Philip knows. <laughs> so, um, uh, a little, just a little bit background story on that, um, on that uh, decision. I submitted Tom Waits, got turned down for that record. Hmm. Um, when we were doing the last record, I sub- I was going to submit the Tom Waits song again. I went to Joey first. Johnny shot it down. Um, I went to Joey, and Joey said, let me submit it, uh-huh. and then we'll get it passed. And yeah. uh, so that's how it ended up on the record. And uh, Johnny ended up loving the song and and um, and uh, and thinking it was you know thought it just thought it was a great uh, cover for us. Not to get awesome. N- not to get ahead of ourselves, but I agree. That's, it's a, <laughs> it's great. Um, oh, real quick, uh, and this ties into that time. But this song, one thing we like to talk about is how many times the Ramones played this song live. This song, according to setlistfm.com, uh, okay. was played forty times. 
that sounds about right. Right. <laughs> That's about right. Okay. Uh, if you consider we probably did. We had to be doing 120 shows a year, maybe 130 shows a year. Um, right. So it would totally make sense that we did it at least 40 times. There was um, the the body of our live set always stayed the same. Um, the middle part of the set, like right around where we did Pet Cemetery, there were a couple of songs that we used to um, uh, trade out for songs on the new record or sometimes in the encores. So um, it would have probably come in and out of the set a few times over the, okay. over the final tour, so that makes sense. Cool. And did you have much say in what you guys got to play in lineup or? Um, no, that was the Ramones set, live set, was completely structured by Johnny. Johnny, mm-hmm. Johnny really understood uh, the dynamics of uh, of a set. He he really did. He really really understood it. And um, much to my chagrin, <laughs> I, I, I I tried to get a song put in the set. It usually got shot down. He had a couple of moments of weakness where he allowed me to pick uh, a song. Um, I talked him into putting Outsider into the set for a couple of shows. Um, along the way, I think I, I think we did love kills a couple of times. Um, so there's, you know, along the way he, he let me play around a little bit, but for the most part, he, you know, like I said, the main body of the set stayed exactly the same and, and almost never changed. Would, uh, would you think had he not had any of those other forces, you, your, yourself or anybody else in the band to add suggestion, would it have been the same songs you know, for like 20 years, we're like, we're opening with Durango and we're closing with family. And like, that's yeah. what we're doing. Uh, back then, I probably would not have changed much. Now, as I've gotten older and I've, I, I, I have a, a whole new appreciation for the Ramones catalog. I, you know, I find that I like a lot of the, um, a lot of the stuff that Joey wrote and, and, uh, and the mellower stuff that Dee Dee wrote, um, um, and this would be a perfect segue. Songs like uh, "Here Today, Gone Tomorrow." Sure. Now I listen to that song, and it's it, it really is um, the just because my friendship with Joey, the years in the band with him, and everything else. The emotion in his voice in that song, which would have been lost on me as a young man, of course, because yeah. all I had to do was you know rage and slam and all that. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> But that's the beauty of the Ramones catalog, you know, the older you get, the deeper it goes and you find stuff that you didn't really appreciate before. But the emotion in Joey's voice in that song in Here Today, Gone Tomorrow to me is probably um, about a, a 10 on, on the scale, of, you know, scale being one to 10 of um, of being able to put across an, uh, put across emotion in a song. He really nailed it perfectly. Um, the lyrics are simple, but the the um, just the that oh 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 that part he sings it with so much emotion you can really hear it and um, and I, and I appreciate that so much more now than I did you know of course when I heard it when I was young I always liked it I always thought it was a great little ditty you know but you didn't the, appreciate it really for exactly. the depth that it had yeah well it seems like the Ramones are almost two bands they're they're a band that's making albums and then they're this touring band and when you guys are touring you know you're keeping the sets pretty ferocious yeah you know yeah. you're not you're not taking time out to there's not the there's not the moment where they break out acoustic guitars and yeah stools <laughs> and then and everyone puts on a sweater yeah no that's like, gonna break it down that does not happen in a remote no. 
Um, no, uh, um, when in the early '80s, when the hardcore scene started in New York, um, Johnny and Dee Dee especially kind of took real notice because. Yeah. People, uh, I, I, sometimes New York has been living on a reputation it made in the 70s for years. Yeah, yeah. Because there really was, there, after that initial punk rock explosion where you had Blondie, the Ramones, the Talking Heads, um, television, the, the Voidoids, like beyond that explosion of punk bands, the New York City never had another successful, legitimate music scene until the hardcore scene of the 80s. And while yeah. it was not commercially successful... Musically. Right. In, yeah. in the city yeah. itself, in New York City itself, you could go out on any given night and see an unbelievable hardcore show. And, and, th and that's just how it was. Hardcore really took over the New York scene. It's the only other legitimately successful New York scene, uh, music scene born in New York. So when that, when that hit in the, in the early 80s, uh, Dee Dee especially and Johnny also um, took note and they got they were really impressed by it. And if you listen to those records from the early 80s, you can hear the hardcore influence songs like Eat That Rat. Oh, yeah. Eat That Rat. Hard Hog, Endless Vacation. Which are all Dee Dee songs anyway, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But but that, you know, that hardcore scene really changed the Ramon sound to a certain extent. So. Johnny's thinking real as far as pacing of the set came from that early 80s scene where it was just a mad hardcore crowd. Well, it seems like that's what Johnny kind of wanted. Yeah. For his band. Johnny had a very um classical view of what a rock and roll show should be. Mm -hmm. From you know, when I say classical, I mean um looking back to the early days of rock and roll when it was just girls screaming in the audience totally losing it. And everybody dancing like Johnny understood the dynamics of that show. He totally understood it. And he tried to gear the Ramon set towards that. That's what he wanted. He didn't want there to be a break. He wanted those kids to leave sweating out <laughs> of energy, you know, totally, you know, feeling great, but just burnt out from the from the raw emotion of being there. And that's really how he paced the set. Is that is that sort of why what I've always heard or read that part of the reason why he always wanted to get faster. Like yeah. His big thing was like, we got to do it faster. We got to do it faster. Absolutely. I, it didn't take me long um, after I got into the band to understand that um, because I was a fan and had been seeing the Ramones live, I, I watched Joey's um, voice from the early 80s towards when I got into the band around 89, in 89. I watched his voice live slowly degrade. Sure. Yeah sang a lot less, improvised a lot more. The melody for the, from the songs were mostly gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, what it was is we were playing so fast that he could not draw a breath between lines. Oh, man. <laughs> if you, you can't breathe, you can't sing. And I know that from doing songs like Warthog and Love Kills. And, you know, I, I sang, I, by, the end of, by the time we retired, I was singing four or five songs in the set a night. Sure. And I, like just singing those four or five songs, I would run out of air. So now you take a guy who was, I think Joey was 15 years older than me, mm -hmm. who's 
already burnt from being on the road, who's already been through the drugs and the alcohol and all that stuff. You take a guy like that who's already frail and put him on stage and a, a tour schedule that was brutal. Yeah. And that what you get is what Joey was. He was burnt. He was just completely burnt out. So I didn't say anything to Johnny when I, when I, when I first realized it because I didn't really feel it was my place. But after I was in the band for a while, and it was probably a year and a half, two years maybe, I went to Johnny one night when Joey was just a mess. And, um, and it was kind of like a little bit of a discussion about whether or not we were going to have to cancel a show or something like that. And I said to Johnny, I said, John, you know, if we slow the set down to something more along the lines of it's alive speed, you'll get another two or three years out of Joey. If we yeah. slow it down to that pace where he can actually breathe between songs, bring the melody back, I'll be able to sing harmonies. You know, it'll make the quality of what we're doing so much better. Yeah. If you if you have ever seen the video and heard the record, it's alive. The Ramones are at their absolute absolute peak. Live, they are just incredible. They sound unbelievable. They visually, their DD is all over the place. Johnny's hitting. <laughs> Joey is even like jumping, and you know they really are at their peak. And um, and I felt like you know at this point in their career, if they backed off a little bit and we tighten the set up, and Joey's singing the, the melody lines, and I could sing the harmonies. It may get a couple more years out of the career, but it's going to make us sound better. You know, yeah. I didn't think the speed we were playing, I didn't think we sounded good. I th there was, the songs were unrecognizable. People, the only reason why people knew what songs we were going into is because we played the same set every year. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how my friends went to shows and didn't figure out what song we were playing until we hit the first chorus. Hilarious. <laughs> well, uh, you're... Molly, I didn't get to see the Ramones. Live. I did, but Molly did, and it was during <laughs> and it was during your period. Yeah, nineteen ninety six, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So, so here's your here's like you're the you're our witness. Yeah. Did Did you know it was being played when? Yeah, you were 14 I mean, or 15 we, yeah, shows, I mean, so yeah, I was, I was, I was, I think we definitely understood what was going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I was also a part of a scene in Fort Lauderdale where it was kind of a like neo-punk scene and people wanted stuff hard and fast so like and, that, and that's what that's what proved johnny out yeah that, the kids were okay with it exactly and the and the kids loved it the faster we played the more they loved it yeah and and, and while my he basically what johnny told me is cj you're an old fan that's why you want to hear that stuff the kids now they don't care about how we were in 1977 they care about how we are right now and we're fast and we're tight and that's all that matters they want to come and go crazy and slam dance they come here for a fast exciting show if we slow it down it's not going to be as exciting and i have to give it to him i mean he was 100 percent correct he was just he was right you know as he usually was it was which must have been infuriating for everybody in the band. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, of course, um, a lot of people saw him as um, very difficult and, and opinionated and, and really just not a nice guy and everything else. But I understand, I understood Johnny on a much different level than most people do because of how I got to be very close with him. Well, Mo not for nothing, but Molly, I think, said the weirdest, silliest way to say that, which is like, 
You've smelled so many farts in that van. <laughs> so many more than anybody else. You can't explain that well, I, to people. I would, yeah. I'd like to offer this up for consideration. And this is not a uh, not a, uh, uh, a poke at anybody and not to um, insult anybody or kick them when they're, when they're already down. Um, but here's, here's the truth of the situation and what I came to realize. And this is after the Ramones retired now. Yeah. You have to so it took me a lot of time thinking about this to come to the conclusion. Johnny was dealing with Joey, who suffered from mental health problems. Yeah, that's that's documented. That's he said it himself publicly. You know, not nothing that was you know nothing that I'm not saying anything. This isn't gossip. This is documented. No, this yeah, is yeah. Um, Tommy who has admitted that he just could not handle the road. He would mentally come apart on the road because he could not deal with the the schedule, the, the you know, not sleeping, the traveling. He just could not deal with it on the road. Dee Dee. Not sad. Drug addict. Dee Dee, realistically, Dee Dee had mental health problems also. He just self-medicated, and that's where his um, drug problems came from. And um, so if you think about it, Tommy, who can't handle it, Joey, who is, you know, in an everyday life is a mess, and and Dee Dee, right? So then Tommy leaves, Mark comes in, raging alcoholic. Yeah. Drives his car through the front of a store. Jeez. You know what I mean? Like, like really, like, yeah. so this is what Johnny's dealing with. So, uh, like, if you think about it, that's not an easy, trying to run a corporation, because that's really what it was, yeah. trying to run a business, um, Keep everything organized. Babysit three other guys in the band. Make sure the bills are getting paid. You know, there was a lot on his plate. There really was. And I'm not saying, from what I understand and even what he told me, he was never a nice guy. He was sure. Never, you know well, I mean? we, we read his book and he doesn't sugarcoat anything for anybody. Even when he has the chance to put it in writing, he does not sugarcoat it. <laughs> He's not going to back, back down. Yeah. But, uh, but so you take a guy like that and put him in charge of that situation. It's a recipe. It's a recipe for madness. Exactly. So, well, uh, steering it back to this song. Yeah. We actually, that was great. But, uh, but I, I have to get through the song. (laughs) Uh, We've already said some, some stuff. And frankly, I was surprised that you were the champion of this song at the, at the inception. Uh, because one of my notes was, I guessed that like, Oh, probably Joey picked this one. It just seems like in his wheelhouse, and like you say, like the early '60s type thing. But, but yeah, but obviously you had you had a a, a good opinion about it. Um, I like this song a lot. Yeah, I mean, Credence I, is and I've always, one and of I've my always liked. I feel like Credence is one of the most underrated, at least American bands. But like of the '60s bands, well, they're not really cited in the way that the Beatles are cited, or, or the, the Stones, Stones or yeah. the you know what I mean. But yeah, I mean. They are, um, to me, they are realistically, like if I had to pick a band to, um, if I was, if I was talking to somebody from another country who had never heard American rock and roll, um, and, and and not without the root stuff or what came later on, like a good combination of all the, the, the different forms of rock and roll, I would put up CCR. I would be like, that's a really good place yeah, to start sure. because they 
every they are all encompassing. When it's very soulful rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, do you have Molly? Do you have a vote for this? Uh, for if I like it, leave it, or, or love it. I love it. You love it. Girl. I love it. Good choice, CJ. CJ, I'm assuming yours is love as well. Love. Okay. Love. Okay, and uh, I am going to be officially like because I'm a buzzkill. <laughs> what? Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I like it a lot. You but, like uh, it, but it's it's not my it's not my favorite song on that album. Got it. By any means, but but I'm but I but. I know. You uh, realize we're here with CJ, right? <laughs> <laughs> Had you asked me back then, if I could, if I could pick any song to cover by CCR, it would not have been that one. Really? But I had to pick a cover that the Ramones could do, could play in a simplified form. And I picked one with what I thought was a, a good melody and, and just um, the weaker, our strumming pattern. I could you know, transfer it to our strumming pattern. Like we couldn't do uh, coming up around the bend. There's no way we could do that. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way that's going to happen. <laughs> fortunate son. You know what I mean? That's not going to be in the Ramones wheelhouse. Well, is that, so, was that the thought behind acid ears of like Molly and I call it making it Ramones. A, but the, <laughs> Ramones the idea was like, what, what songs can we take and then put through yeah. our machine? Yep. It, it, not everything is going to translate well into a Ramon song. Not not everything is, yeah. um, especially if you you know you have to consider the simplicity, being able to re- reproduce it live. You know, we could get a guitar player to come in and do the, but yes. we get on stage live. Johnny ain't playing that riff. No, and, and that riff is the song. So yeah. That's so. That's really how. Um, when we select songs, that's how we did it. How is it going to translate best into our style? Nice, cool. Uh, Molly, do you have a most valuable Ramon? I'm going to give it to CJ Ramon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Well, he picked the song, sure, yes. which I think is a big. That's a late in the game. It's a clincher winner. for me. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Uh, I I already... would say too is is me even getting a song on that record was a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> stretch because Johnny had um when we had first talked about the uh doing the record, um everybody had kind of thrown their songs into a pile and um and Johnny of course being most familiar with kind of like that acid rock 60s era Johnny and Joey. Yeah. Um, I thought for sure there'd be no way I'd be getting a song on there. But yeah. um uh but just the fact that he, I got a song on there. I, I, I had to give myself a pat on the back. It's like, there's no way they're going to let me, you know, I'm, I was in a weird spot because this is a band. I was, I grew up being a fan of, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And to suddenly be in a position where I have to deal with them, like as peers, you know what I mean? And like, and get into arguments and, and, you know, it was a very weird thing. So a lot, of, you know, in the beginning, I'd be like, well, what about this? And Johnny would be like, when you have as many years in the business as I do, then you could tell me how to run the band. I'd be like, all right. Uh, you know, yeah. kind of wasn't very encouraging on, on speaking up for myself. But, um, but yeah, but the fact that I got a song on the record was a big thing yeah. for me. And uh, how many years had you been with the band when this album came out? Oh, that, so that's... Four, uh, four years. Four years. 89 right. to 93? Got it. That's 89 93, yep, exactly. Um, so... I am I'm giving the most valuable to Joey because normally normally when this vote goes uh I usually pick one I vary 
And Molly always picks Joey. <laughs> so it just seems to go well, that way. Joey. So in, in your abstentia, I'm... <laughs> He's going to play me today. But I, yeah. but I actually do... I, I, I really like... Even though, like you say, it's that later period thing, I think he brings a little something to that performance. Absolutely. Uh, CJ, you get a vote. This is your chance. So on this song, I, the, the, the person I would pick would be Joey. Because I, re- I think that... Um, Musically, we we had we dumbed down the song a lot, and there wasn't a lot of extra tracks, so it was really up to Joey's voice to carry the song. And mm-hmm. I really feel like his voice really does carry the song. He he did a great job on the melody, and he really sings with a lot of emotion. So I would have to give it. I'd have to give it to Joey. So the takeaway is, you and I love him more than Molly does. That's right. <laughs> well, that's we have a lot to cover, yeah. but we have you for a little while longer. Uh, Is there anything else, though, anybody has to say about Have You Seen the Rain? I think we covered this song pretty well. So one last thing I want to say about it. Please. The the song that I really wanted to do was Looking Out My Back Door, because the lyrics are very acid-like, you know what I mean? It's like what he sings about, the lyrics is just so trippy and weird. And I felt like that would be more fitting uh, to the acid rock theme of the record. Um, But when I figured it out, switched it all the bar chords and tried to do everything down strumming. It just didn't come off real well. And then I thought maybe we could do it more like kind of like they do more like jangly because Joey's got a good voice for that type of stuff. Yeah. Even when I tried it that way, it just didn't translate as well. And then, and then I, uh, so I moved on to, but that was the one I really would have liked to have done. I can see it. It's a bouncier song yeah. than you normally get from the Ramones, you know? So yeah, I, I can see that. I, I love that song, but yeah. That's one of my favorite ones by them. Yeah. Um, anything else? No? That's it for me. Okay. Uh, just in case anybody can't Google it, uh, I'm going to say you can follow, find CJ on Twitter at the E C J Ramon. That's T H E E C J Ramon. Yes. I, I figured that out. Thanks, um, And thank you for joining us today. And please follow us uh, at Ramon's Podcast. And join us next time when we'll be discussing Heidi is a Headcase on Ramon's of the Day. Mm-hmm.